Hey guys, what's up? It's Rachel Silver Cohen. Today we are diving in to the topic that is Hazel. Remember Hazel, my dog? Stay tuned. Hope you enjoy. What do you get when the audacious and the therapist collide? A crash course in unpolished therapy. Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca aren't afraid to spin out of control, tackling all the tough talk. Their weekly sesh meets at the corner of Audacity and Advice, where their wheels and yours get turned upside down. Hey guys, happy Wednesday. It's Rachel Silver Cohen, so you know what that means. We are ditching the couch, grabbing the mics. We are breaking down all the unpolished wreckage on the corner of Audacity and Advice. Let's get going. Good morning, DB. Dr. Boca, how are we? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Rach? I'm good. I We missed a Wednesday or two, I guess, with holidays. and I know. You know and I, I felt it. I did feel it. I was away. And I like our time because if you're not ranting, and I, then I am. If I'm not, you know, if I'm ranting, then you're not. And we're helping each other. And it's just like, it's like what I say to my patients all the time. It's like, you have to get it out. Whether you write it, whether you say it, whether you whatever, you just have to get it out and you feel lighter. And I think now more than ever, we just have to get it out. So I'm glad we were back. And I hope our listeners didn't miss us too much and had an opportunity to go back and listen to some of our best episodes or our worst episodes and our most unpolished. Yeah. Well, speaking of best and worst and unpolished, to me, I think of choices and decisions that we have made. And by we, I guess I mean me in this case. (laughs) Okay. And I have to tell you that Remember that really brilliant decision I made about a year ago? And again, by brilliant, I mean really unpolished and really not brilliant, which was adding a member to the family, that being Mm. Hazel the dog. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do remember that. And I do remember thinking to myself and actually probably said it out loud to our listeners, I don't understand why you were getting a dog. But I hope that I was wrong. And here we are a year later. And how are we doing with Hazel? Um, yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Boca, help me, Dr. Boca. Maybe this is a good time to remind the listeners right out of the gate, this is not real therapy. But if it was, Ever a time that I could use some real therapy, I'm going to use our unpolished therapy as a little footnote because, yeah, the dog, I got to tell you, I'm just so conflicted and I'm so conflicted about how conflicted I am. And I know you know me well enough to know that, like, you know exactly what I mean when I say that. I do. Um, Let's break it down a little bit for the listeners out there. If if you're new to Unpolished Therapy, welcome. But about a year and change ago, the end of last summer, I made the Unpolished decision to get a dog. For the kids, I think it was for me too. Looking back again, I know hindsight is 2020. I think for me, I maybe not consciously, but thought that maybe this was going to fill some type of void or loneliness or, you know, me with my Marsha Brady-ness that like, you know, I always need new activities and I'm trying to fill up the bucket of stuff to then ignore (laughs) the other (laughs) stuff that's like the murky water at the bottom, right? Sure. See, at least I can admit it. You and Um, the rest of the world though, and, and I admire you for being able to admit it, Rach. That's part of what I love about you most is that you are authentic about that which other people just deny, deny, deny. Right, right. And as we know, denial ain't a river in Egypt. 
it is a four-legged dog that's <laughs> driving me crazy. <laughs> so I get this dog and, you know. She's cute. He's cute. You know, again, if we're just using our eyes and from afar, oh, what a cute dog. And I have a whole repertoire that goes on in the neighborhood or wherever I go. Someone sees the dog and this is the engagement. Oh my God, your dog is so cute. Is she a doodle? To which I reply, no, she's a poodle. Really? Are you sure? The other person says she looks like a doodle. To which then I reply, yes, I'm sure. She's just a poodle. And we go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And not only do I know she is just a 100% purebred poodle because I paid for that, right? (laughs) But if experience has taught me anything and the knowledge that dog people have since told me about poodles and their high strungness and their energy level and their literally the HBIC of all HBICs, right? (laughs) This dog, Hazel the Poodle, Hazel the dog, is definitely the head bitch in charge in this house. And I thought I was, and I was (laughs) proud to wear that crown. (laughs) But this dog, Dr. Boga, it's like no matter what I do, I just can't like get over the threshold of the ferberization, as they say, oh, the first year mm-hmm. is really hard. It's like a baby, blah, blah, blah. Or the bonding period, you know, mm-hmm. you put the baby on your chest and you smell me, I'll smell you, whatever. Like, I don't like what she smells like. I, the only times <laughs> I like what she smells like is when she's fresh from the groomer, which incidentally costs a zillion dollars, which is another whole rabbit hole that we can talk about that nobody informed me, you know, what having a pet would even remotely cost because that's all you would have had to say to me. (laughs) And it would have been off the table as an option. Well, and look, not to not to say that I know everything that's gone on with Hazel. Okay. But dogs are expensive, not going to deny that. However, just from the things that you've shared in our previous episodes, Hazel, because of her high energy and the lack of ferberization and your lack of contact and connection with her, she is a little bit mischievous and gets herself into a lot of trouble. And therefore, she costs you even that much more, which gives you more reason to resent and think twice about the decision that you have made. Yeah. And this piece of it, you're not wrong on that. Where I was wrong is that I thought I was right knowing going in that even when the kids would say, oh yeah, we're going to help, we're going to help, we're going to help, we're going to help. And I know just because you'd have to be living under a rock to know that kids say what they say, but they don't mean what they say and they don't Correct. do what they say that they think that they mean. So they they love the dog. I will never take that away from them. It is their sister and they are bonded with the dog, but it's on their time frame. That mm-hmm. dog is a luxury item to them. That dog is eye candy to them. (laughs) That dog is a showpiece when they deem themselves in the mood to pay attention to the dog. And it's just another toy for them. It's the shiny penny. For me, I am the Carol Burnett at the end of the episode who's Mm -hmm. sweeping up Mm -hmm. the proverbial mess and the literal mess because I'm with the dog all damn day, all day long, morning, noon, and night. We're taking 17 walks during the day. And I have, to some degree, and certainly more so than a year ago, I've gotten her down. Like, I I understand her shtick, right? Mm -hmm. 
the barking situation, I now know that like there's a certain bark when I'm thirsty, right? Okay, I understand. I, I get parched too. And, you know, that's annoying. So here you go. Here's some water. I understand the bark when I'm hungry. I mean, nobody gets hangrier than me. So yes, bark away. And it is my pleasure to feed you, right? I will even go so far to say that I understand and respect the bark, which is I'm bored, I'm a puppy, play with me, give me attention, right? Okay. I mean, it's annoying. I don't really mm-hmm. want to do it, but I mean, I, I'm not a complete killjoy, right? So right. we play, you know, you're cute and here's a ball and bring it back and blah, 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 and all of that. But then the bark where like every box have, has already been checked off the list and she's still going at it, like... I'm not your camp counselor, okay? (laughs) Shut the fuck up, leave me alone, and just mind your business. You have air conditioning, you have a cold floor, you have music, you have TV. I don't know what to do. Okay, (laughs) Rach. Okay, I'm literally sitting here and I'm like, if we were to take Hazel out of the equation and insert child, we're literally speaking that this could be your child when they were lo- when they were little and we were training our children. Yes, but I had right? a nanny who could be what? the camp counselor. Okay, well, guess what? Then get a nanny for the dog or figure out what you need to do, right? And so let's start with, do you remember the eat, activity, sleep concept of children or did the nanny not teach you that part of it? I don't remember. Tell okay. me, remind me. Okay, so, <laughs> so we give the dog something to eat when they wake up in the morning. Yes. Okay. And in, in this case, you have to take them out. We did not necessarily have to do that with our children, but we would feed them and change them out of their diaper. So diaper and walking are pretty much the same thing, right? Then we played with them for a little bit. And when they were little, it could be 10, 15, 20 minutes until they showed their first fetchy little, of, yeah, yeah uh-huh, like you uh-huh. don't go too long because if they're uh-huh. rubbing their eyes, you miss the boat. Like it's yeah, when they start yeah. to turn away from you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what, in this case, it would be when Hazel slows down a little bit and like actually gets onto the couch and wants mm-hmm. to just lay next to you. Right? Yes. Yes. And then they go to bed for a little bit. Yes. Okay. And then we don't do anything with them. And then when they wake up, we, in the dog world, if you only feed them twice a day, then you would take her out because she needs to go out. She would come back in. You'll play with her for a little bit and then let her sleep again. Right. And then we do this again when she wakes up from that next nap. And eventually she is on a system where she's not anticipating that every time she barks, you are going to jump up because that's reinforcement. So when she barks and you try to shut her up, you're throwing things at her. You're giving her a treat. I can't say that word too loud because my dog's conditioned on that and oh, is laying next right, to me. Right. But treat, treat. No, we don't say that. We don't right. say that. We say T-R-E-A-T, right? Oh. So, and just like I would if it was a child. And that they know that they're not going to get attention because what they're doing basically is She's biting on something. You want it. You're going to give her a T-R-E-A-T to get her to stop biting on it. And now she knows that, oh, when I do something bad, I'm going to get a T-R-E-A-T. That's not the message we need to send. I know. And there's nothing that you didn't just say that I have not incorporated, right? I mean, at the end of the day, my Virgoisms, my perfectionisms, my control freak-isms, 
I have treated this dog this the same way I would any quote unquote project where like, I want to get it right. I want to be in control. And for the most part, I will tell you, we are on a silver system. Like I've got it down pat, right? We do our walks even to the point where like, I know the in-between walk is not going to be like a going to the bathroom walk. It's just we need to go outside. We need to get some fresh air. You need to look at the trees. You need to sniff around. You need to attempt some- to engage with other dogs, which that's a whole nother conversation that I'm going to get ask. to yeah, in a minute because that. that's where we're having a little bit of a, of a problem there. So I, I know all that. It's just that it's almost like if we are going to liken this to having babies, you know, when our kids were babies and it was like at the end of the day where it was like that final, we're we're putting them down, they're going in their crib and it's like, you can sign off for the night. Mm -hmm. And like, you would take that deep sigh of relief and be like, oh, we got through another day, right? Mm -hmm. Tomorrow we start all over. And I just think that what I know about having a pet that should be like another person in your home and part of your family, and this is your baby and whatever I don't want to feel as relieved that the day is over every day as much as I still do. Mm -hmm. And that's the piece that like, it's not a coincidence that when I run into people that I haven't seen for a long time, that if something about, you know, in the course of how are you, what's been going on, how's this one, how's that one, if something about the dog comes up, that their immediate question to me is, you still have that dog? (laughs) (laughs) You still have Hazel because they're just under the guise that like, oh my God, there's no way that's going to work. And it reminds me of the same type of thing, Dr. Boca. And you didn't know me back then, but a lifetime ago when I first moved to Florida and I was not happy here, I felt as though people at home and and not for the right reasons or the wrong reasons, just because Mm -hmm. were like taking personal bets on how long it would be until <laughs> I was like, I'm out of here. I'm coming back. Up wow. Okay. And it was my own ping pong match in my head to be like, fuck that. Like mm-hmm. I'll prove, them I'll all prove wrong you wrong. I'm staying and I'm sticking it out and blah, 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 blah. And that's kind of, again, I know this isn't real therapy, but if it was, if you were to say like, what do you liken it to? It's that feeling of, when I hear that from people, it's like, no, of course I still have her. Cause it's like, I don't want to give up, but I know I should feel more unconditional love than I do. Yeah. And I was going to say, there's something going on here and you have not connected in a way that you feel this unconditional love. And I'm not going to say that it's all unconditional. Okay. Let's, let's be honest. There are times that I am cursing my dog out for being a little annoying shit, right? Like it happens. But I long to hear his collar when he, I walk in the door and I love being greeted by him. I am not an animal lover. I'm my dog lover. That's about it. Like mine and only mine. Um, and part of the reason that I am is because he loves me so much. That's the unconditional piece, right? And if you can tap into her loving you and getting excited to see you and her always being there when you have a bad day or when you have a good day or greeting you at the door, if you can focus on that and what that means to you, you might be able to generate some of that love for her, right? It's not going to be unconditional. She's a pain in the butt because she's not trained well enough yet. Here's the thing though, and, and I don't know what this says about me, but if the quiz was, do you love Hazel? A, yes, B, no. I would 
say a yes. Like, okay, I love her. And I would say that if there was like a dog quiz, Mm -hmm. she would answer that she loves me too. Okay. Okay. But you're saying it has to be unconditional on your end. It's that's not realistic. What I'm saying, what I'm trying to equate this to now, I'm probably really going down the drain for this one is that when my kids were babies and we all know, I mean, I love them probably more than I should. Right. I mean, to the point where like I'm their smother instead of just their mother. (laughs) But I do remember people would comment to me when the kids were tiny little babies and whatnot. I never spoke to them like, Oh, cookie, cookie, boogie, you know, like, like Mm -hmm. the little cutie pie. Like that's just not, it wasn't my dialect. I didn't speak that language. Mm -hmm. You know, my kid could be zero years old. And I'm like, Ben, it's time to go to the bathroom now. We're going to be changing your diaper. <laughs> Let's I hope so. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Like that was how I engaged. And it okay. wasn't from a cold, stoic point of view. It just, mm-hmm. that's the way, you know, we kind of, whatever. That's not to say that like when I come in and I see Hazel, I, you know me, I'm a nickname girl. I have a zillion nicknames for her. And I, you know, all the letters of the alphabet we go through, but I'm not racing in and we're not having a love affair the mm-hmm. second I walk in the door. And I think Hazel knows that too. When other people come in and she goes bananas, she's so excited that like she'll pee on the on the floor a little bit. <laughs> and we all think like, oh, isn't that cute? And no. whatever, she's so excited. I mean, that's annoying to me because mm-hmm. here I am again, you know, cleaning up after her mess. But when I come in, it's like, oh, it's her again. She yeah. doesn't get excited. And so she then, doesn't pee on the floor. Because she knows you're not fun with her. And she knows that you're highly anxious around her. Oh. Just like our children understand mm-hmm. when we're highly anxious around them. They don't feel soothed. They don't feel calm. They're just constantly dysregulated. And part okay. of she doesn't settle down with you in part because she senses the annoyance and the anxiety that you're putting out there. Okay. But when I first walk in the door, I have to tell you something. I, I check the anxiety in the garage. I'm coming into my home. I want to be honest with you on that. I'm not anxious. It's just when I see Hazel, I'm like, oh, hey, buggy, how are you? You know, hi, mommy's home, you know, whatever. But then my radar goes off to, okay, this is a responsibility. Now, let me put Mm -hmm. my shit down because we got to go out for a walk. And it's not like she's saying to me, you know what, mom, take a load off, do what you need to do. She's I'm a dog. You are. I She's know a that. Dog. <laughs> She's I not know a that. human. She's not I a human. No. But and I'm not suggesting that you have the anxiety today when you walk mm-hmm. in the door. But you had the anxiety when she was a baby, right? And she was her eight weeks old and she came home and you're like, I don't have a clue how to raise a dog. I don't know what to do. I, she's a disaster. I need to bring in help and bring in the, you know, the reserves and, and everything that she did. You were jumping up because I was there. I saw it, right? You would jump up and Hazel, what do you need? Hazel, what do you need? Oh, no, be quiet, Hazel. I got to work. Hazel, da, 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 da. So she picked up on the anxiety and Mm. she knows that you're not the one. Your kids are the ones that are coming in, grabbing Hazel. Hazel, how was your day? Yes, they love her. Right. And so they get excited just like a kid does when their like favorite uncle comes over, right? Because they know there's no responsibility. There's no, I'm not going to get in trouble. Grandparents are here. Yay. Right. And then you, our kids were good reads on like, the bad people that came over, like they knew that this, I was going to have to be put into a closet because this person doesn't like me, right? These dogs are just, it, as much as I'm joking, it's not a human, but it does, it develops a relationship with you. And so, uh, look, I'm the first to say I had never really owned a dog. I didn't really know what to do. 
I was highly anxious and my dog wound up being an anxious dog. Now, to my credit or my rationalization, he's a doodle and mm-hmm. all doodles are... Are you sure? Are you sure he's positive. not a poodle? <laughs> I am positive. And by the way, what dumb people do you interact with that don't think that you know what your dog is? Okay. I, can't I am telling you, I am not exaggerating. It doesn't matter where I am. That is the dialogue we have to the point where then I'll say to them, this is how it goes because I have this conversation with everyone. Oh, your dog is so cute. Is it a doodle? No, it's a poodle. Are you sure? It looks like a doodle. Yes. I mean, I I, I could literally parrot it back out every single time. Okay. Yeah. Shame on all these people for being so dumb that they don't think that their owner, that's like saying, is oh, he's so cute. Oh, no, no. He's a she. No, no, no. But he looks like a she. Like, no. Okay, well, I'm, now you're opening up the whole Pandora's pronoun <laughs> box. So like, we're not going there. That's not a good example. But you know what I'm talking about <laughs> yeah. when our kids were little, right? But yes. Like, of course we know. It, we're the moms. Like, we know what right. our dog is. So, like, let's move past this. Right? right. But what I would say to you is your dog anticipates anxiety. It's an anxious household. It's just like if you have a baby living in a household where the parents are fighting. It's anxious. It can't regulate itself. So what we need to do with Hazel is we need to really make her feel safe and loved all the time, which is a Mm -hmm. big commitment on your part, right? That takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of energy, just like parenting and doing that does with children. And we can't do it. It's just going to be impossible because we don't have that luxury. So what can we do? Um, One of the ways that kids feel safest is when they are on a true schedule, right? We are. Okay, like a a very true schedule. like. And not when she's barking at the water, you're anticipating that this is the time she drinks. This is the time she Mm -hmm. eats. This Mm -hmm. is, so we don't have Mm -hmm. to even have the barking. Like she doesn't have to get there. Okay. So then it's really in the downtime. It sounds like she's not really either exhausting and getting her energy out throughout the day enough that she's taking good naps and sleeping. I mean, dogs are supposed to sleep. Like, I don't know, because I'm not a dog person, but like, 90% 90% of the day, like they're not supposed to be up. And especially as puppies, they're supposed to sleep more than they mm-hmm. play, right? But you have to, especially poodles, especially doodles, especially big dogs, which yours is not, but you know, like the big dogs, they need to yeah. run around. And I am sure that Hazel is not really running around on an open field because we live in Florida, right? So what I would say to you is, can you take her to a drop her off at a daycare or can you take her to the park? And now you're going to tell me that she's having social interactions with other dogs because you alluded to that before. So I need to hear what that story is to see what options. And by the way, I'm no dog whisperer. We need to bring in like a dog whisperer or a dog psychic or a dog trainer for onto the podcast. Yeah, we should do that. If there's any good. like dog whisperers out there or some of our psychic mediums that connect with dogs, let us know. Tap in and bark to us. <laughs> but um, but tell me about the interaction. So, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm just using so, psychology okay. here. No. So, yes. So, we are very rigid and structured in this house. So, I got her on a schedule right away. And and guess what? Day one, she was sleeping through the night in her crate, which I call her apartment. It's beautiful. You know, it's on the <laughs> Upper East Side of, uh, <laughs> of the house. And that was not a problem area at all. She It, it was gorgeous. So that was not the issue. This, we were scheduled and sticking to the plan. I think where the default l- l- was lying is that I was taking her out on a zillion short walks a day instead of less amount of walks for longer to really tire her out. Okay. So I had started taking her to the dog park a little bit because I do know enough that like she should start to be socializing with other dogs and, and that would help and it would tire her out and yada, mm-hmm. yada. And 
you know, she doesn't just live within the four walls of this house. The problem, though, it wasn't that she at the time, because this has since changed, but at the time she was doing okay with the dogs. The problem is, is that then she would come home and I was so skeeved out because then she would start gnawing on her paws and then it would turn into a whole to do. And then you ask the Google, what does it mean if your dog's gnawing on the paws? And then I would allergic. be nauseated because she either picked something up or she was allergic and then we'd have to go to the vet and then it would be a zillion dollars. And then, you know, round and round we go. Right. Mm-hmm. So then I kind of started backing out. Well, ew, like we're not we're going to be private people and we're not going to socialize, you know, in a, in a public setting with other dogs. So, you know, we have obviously, you know, where we live and, and we have a beautiful, beautiful neighborhood and a lot of our neighbors are friends who also have dogs. So I would try to do some interaction and she just, again, HBIC, head bitch in charge. She just mm-hmm. doesn't know how to behave herself around other dogs. We thought maybe, is it a male-female thing? Is she better with males and just girl and girl? We know how, you know, girls, girls work, you know, yeah. like, you know, the cattiness. I don't know why they call it cattiness. They it should, should be call doginess. it dogginess, right? <laughs> then we thought maybe it was like big dog, little dog. There was that dynamic. Over time, I'm not going to say she's like failing the class. Like she doesn't have like a flat out F. Okay. But she is definitely like not gifted. She is not in the gifted class. Like, <laughs> what is she doing? By. But what is well, she doing? Is she attacking or is she? she? Well, here's what she does. She's very, very sneaky. She, again, <laughs> in, in this bitchiness about her, she comes off like she wants to be your friend. She's doing sniffing and she's, you know quiet and she's getting the lay of the land and she's making the other dog think that like, Hey, let's be pals. Right. Okay. And then when you least expect it, you take your eye off the prize. The next thing I know, she is in full attack mode. We're all traumatized. The poor dog is traumatized. I'm traumatized and embarrassed. The other owner is definitely traumatized and like thinks that like, this is the worst dog ever. And like, I guess you then have to say, like, what kind of owner are you, right? Mm. So then I'm doubly mortified. The leashes are all entangled. I try to grab the dog, my dog. The dog is now, like, biting me to the point where, like, she's definitely broken skin. Before this recent debacle, there was no skin broken. But, like, it definitely, I gasped because it fucking hurt like a motherfucker, okay? To the point where... Like, then I didn't know, and maybe you can help me here, like what the dog etiquette is. Like, my dog was wrong. My dog went bananas on another dog who's minding his own business. And I didn't know, like, do I buy the dog a gift now? Do I have to, like, pay for something? In my fucked up, unpolished head, I had a fantasy that, like, oh, my God, if that dog is hurt, like, A, I probably have to, like, pay for whatever those medical bills are. Sure. But B, like, I'm going to have oh to put her down, put her down. Yeah, well, not even, I didn't even get that far. It was oh. just like, I guess we can't keep Hazel anymore. I guess I have to give her away. And it's like, yay. <laughs> please, <laughs> Hazel, please. Keep, okay. And you don't think that Hazel picks up on some of this? Well, I punished her. We, I apologize up the wazoo. I, that was it. Like, Hazel, like, we don't get another chance here. Like, your behavior was a big fat zero. And if we do equate that to a little kid having a play date, if Better you bite another out. kid, all hell bro- breaks loose, right? Letters are going out to the whole class. There's a the whole brouhaha. All the parents are talking about that kid, right? And the parent of the kid who's the biter. And I brought her home. And she got punished. And I like, I needed a timeout from her. Sure. Okay. So wait, what, what punishment are you doing? 
after you're home already. So we're home and I was like, I'm not dealing with you now. Like she really didn't get my love and attention. And I I know enough to know she doesn't go in her cage because like that's her bed. That's like her that, that's spot. a happy place. I don't want to confuse her. I wanted her to know she was being punished, even though I yelled. I know they don't really have a big attention span and, and their memory isn't, you know, yeah. actually our memory is better than the dog memory. And right. That's not saying much. Right. Um, no, I just kind of was like, I need a break from you today. And I knew that she wasn't going to get into trouble, but I went out of the room and I just let her do her own thing. And like, I didn't want to be around her. Her presence was not calming me. And I was angry. Right. Understandable. And we would all respond that way. But in the moment, I mean, I, I've got to imagine this person's house wasn't right next door to yours. So no. well, in the moment when I, I scooped her up, we we all were entangled, right? Okay. She bit my hand. Okay. I screamed and yelled at her and okay. grabbed her snout and no mm-hmm. hazel, no hazel. That's bad girl. You don't do that. You're not being a lady. You have to behave like a young lady and you don't do that to a young, but I mean, like I, I, I was, I was not nice to her. I wasn't like, way to go, Hazel. Right. Take but then the team, we just mauled a dog. And then did you, in that moment, did you put her away someplace? Did we, you? I was like, well, I guess this conversation is over. And I was mortified. We turned around with literally our tail between our legs. <laughs> <laughs> did, and you and, held her or you let her walk to the car on the leash? Well, I picked her up and then uh, that's okay. when she bit me. No, well, okay. that's when she bit me. And then I put her down and that's okay. when I grabbed her nose, yelled at her like uh-huh. bloody murder. Okay, which I was then even embarrassed because I don't even know if I was like yelling at her the right way. And then we turned around and like we, you know, pouted home because I didn't know what else to do. Okay, because once you're home and that you had a drive or a walk home, no, it was just a walk. Okay, she she's forgotten. Doesn't care anymore. She doesn't care. Like it's it's done. Like in her mind, she now when you're disciplining her five minutes later again. Yeah. That means she doesn't know what you're disciplining her. She's like, well, oh. well, I don't understand. I just walked into the house and we haven't been here and I'm really excited to smell my food. Oh. And like, you aren't talking to Oh, me. I was just giving it to her. Oh, I, was, just, I'm sure I was not her. letting it go. I am sure you were, Rach. All I'm saying to you is, look, I'm going to be very candid. I Here I am, the psychologist. I should have the dog that is like the Zen dog of the century. My dog has bit a kid before, Okay. My dog has been through three trainers. My dog, two things made a difference for my dog. And by the way, my dog is very much on a routine. He is very loved. He gets lots of kisses and yummies. However, my husband travels a lot. And so it's inconsistent and he gets nervous. The dog gets nervous when things change. Like he doesn't like change. He's, you know, he's a dog and they like predictability. And so he gets but very... How do you know that? I always say, like, did the dog tell you that? No, like, but you can like see... the dad travels a lot. No, like if I'm out of town he will sleep in my daughter's room versus sleeping in where he always sleeps. Like he has to find an object that he yeah, loves. But that, I feel like there's a hierarchy with that because yes, he does. I feel like there's a pecking order. There is. Right? There's top parent in charge. Absolutely. And then if you're not there, it defaults to whoever's next and so on and so on. Right. But see, this is the difference. I am definitely... I was going to say a big dog in charge, but I'm not the dog, right? <laughs> I am definitely the loved parent here. My husband is the disciplinarian. My dog listens to the disciplinarian. He does not listen to me at all. He pulls me on his walks, barks and is uncontrollable. My husband walks in the room. He can walk him without a leash. He can, oh, yeah, yeah, it is amazing. So I know that my dog is not a dumb dog. I know that my dog is, I don't 
calm him down. I'm like the fun parent. I'm right. like the Disneyland dad that loves him. Right. right. You're so, giving ice cream before bedtime. I, I, I'm, the, I'm the grandma. I'm the one who gets excited. My husband walks in the door. He doesn't really give two flying fig newtons about my husband walking in the door. He'll, my husband will be in the house. He'll go lay in his crate. Mm. I'm in the house. He is literally up my butt. Okay. Right. He will not, like I turn around, but there he is. Right. So I just know, and you can watch the behaviors of what soothes him, what doesn't soothe him, where he's anxious, where he's not anxious, where he feels comforted, where he doesn't feel comforted. So I would say to you, observe that and kind of figure out if there's a person who's a calmer person or a more disciplinarian amongst the two boys and you, then let them do some of the things and just kind of watch Hazel's behavior. The other thing is self-regulate yourself before you interact with her, take a couple of deep breaths, just like you would if you had a kid and not go in there angry, upset, mm-hmm. frustrated, anxious, annoyed, like screaming at her because you're on the phone. It's annoying. The third thing is, and full disclosure, we medicated my dog because mm-hmm. my dog was having terrible, terrible stomach issues. So that's another reason we knew there was anxiety. We thought it was allergies. We changed the food. It wasn't the food. I finally went to a new vet and the vet was like, you know, I actually think that the anxiety of the stomach issues is making your dog even more anxious. Because mm. think about when you have diarrhea, how it, like anxious and high strung you get, and like you're dying because you want to go out. Let's go through this whole regimen. We went through this whole regimen in like three weeks' time. My dog was a new flipping dog. And I decided, you know what? Let the dog be really comfortable. I'm going to keep him on an antidepressant. He's no longer really high strung. I will, in true confession, and I know that my friend listens to my podcast, so I'm going to give a shout out to her. She is a dog whisperer. Okay. Okay. Well, can she come on the podcast then? She could totally come on the podcast, although she probably has like eight more thrilling, exciting stories to tell other than the dog whisperer part. But she and her and her husband come down to my house and they're like, not knowing that Yoda had been medicated and said, what's up with Yoda? And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, He's kind of like a different dog. He's like sedated. <laughs> he's like, he's like so calm, like didn't even bark when we opened the door. Like, what's going on? And I said, Oh, we medicated him. And they are like, like comatose medic, you know, medicated him. Like, they're like, he's on too much. And I oh, said, Oh, you over medicated. So subsequently, I under like I lowered the right. medication. She came back like six months later and is like, oh, and my dog was like on top of her and jumping. And and she was like, oh, I see that you lowered Yoda's medication. And I said, I did, but I liked him better sedated. She's like, Lori, you can't, right? She's like, you, you, you can't. Like this is, no, this is how the dog is supposed to be. So just consider medication if you haven't already, up the medication if you need to, but not to the point where you comatose your dog like I did. Well, what had happened was, and it's interesting that you say that about medication, is that on one of our eight zillion trips to the vet to do the endoscopy, to pull out the socks, or to actually cut her open and pull out the pairs of underwear. Oh my or, God. I mean, we, this has been going on and on and on. We did have the discussion about medication to kind of chill her out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, dude, I will do anything if she would just shut the fuck up and start stop barking. So we 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 were prescribed medication, like a you know, like a doggy antidepressant, antidepressant. or whatever. It's okay, called a human antidepressant. It's the exact same. Oh, it is? okay. So whatever <laughs> it is, and the little blue thing, and I cut it up, and I you know mash it up, and I put it in peanut butter, and like that's the high of my day. If that means sure. it's going to be you know lower low. down a little bit, right? And what happened was, and I'm going to take responsibility and take this on the chin right now. I guess I had started to see 
I'm certainly not going to say she was a different dog, but somewhat of an improvement. And because I am this virgin dog owner, right? And I, I wasn't really sure how to gauge it. Part of me, I guess, I either forgot that she was taking this medication or I just thought maybe like she was aging out of the annoying infant stage or whatnot. And then when I remembered that she was taking the small dose of medication, I was like, oh, maybe she doesn't need it anymore. Oh, right. And then I just sort of like kind of became negligent with it and let it fall by the wayside. And then when she would become a raving lunatic again, even my kids would be like, mom, whatever happened to that medicine? Did you? And I was like, mm, I kind of stopped giving it to her. And they were like, mom, really? what's wrong with you? You're yeah. part of the problem now. Exactly. You're part of the problem. Just like every parent is part of the problem. And they come into my office and they say, my kid's not behaving. And mm. we'll go through it exactly like we did here. And we're like, okay, but you're reinforcing this. You're coming at it from an anxious place. She can feel it, right? Now you're not giving her the medicine that's actually working. You stopped their medicine because things were going well, or they didn't come into therapy because you saw success. Well, guess yeah. what? The one other thing that I will tell you, if you do want to socialize her again is, and I was very much against it, but I've seen it work and it's really not a bad thing, is the shock collar that doesn't that just does a buzz, right? Mm -hmm. It rings a bell first, like you can make it like a beep, right? Uh, um, and then the second one buzzes and then the third one shocks them, right? I've mm -hmm. never, ever, ever even used the vibration second stage. I've only, right. my, my dog freaked out at the, the the beep. It's like, what? wait, oh my God, what do I do, right? And so then I, they know, right? And then they know. And so I use that when I walk him, I'll put it on him when so that when I do that, when another dog is coming, he'll sit down and wait until the dog because otherwise he's a lunatic. So it's just, it, again, it's just conditioning and it's just reinforcement. And so once she learns, they are creatures of habit. So once she learns and she understands, you give her a treat when she does it, eventually it's like, nope. There's, there's a reason it was called the Pavlovian dog thing, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> it was a dog because it works on the dog and you have a dog. So I'm just going to encourage you, Rach. Like, it's not as bad as you think. They do mature a little bit, but I would definitely, if you saw progress on the meds, like there's no harm in going back to the meds and maybe consider your emotional regulation state. Um, being more present with her when you're actually present with her, coming at it from a calmer place. And then if all else fails, the, the collar might be a good reinforcement and keep it on her all the time. So when she starts barking, if she's sensitive enough to the beep, she'll stop barking yeah. when somebody comes into the house because it will scare her. And eventually she won't bark. Right, right. Yeah. Now, I mean, I've been saying all the time, like, ding dong, Hazel is still not gone. And it's like, it's like shock value to so many. They just can't believe. And in a way, it's and back to what I was saying. It's like, I don't want to give up because it seems as though people, uh, not that I should care what people think, but but I don't want to fail the dog. And I certainly don't want to fail the kids. And I'm just, I guess, a late bloomer in all this. Because when we do have the moments where we are sitting on the couch, and she's letting me pet her, and she's very chill, and I'm able to like get all my ducks in a row, and I have the little brush, and I'm brushing her. And there is this like common Thera therapeutic mm -hmm. thing. It's just 
it, 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 it's not right now remotely being outweighed by the bad. The, the bad is definitely taking center stage. So I would say to you, at this point, you take responsibility for it, right? And you are, you know, we always say who's running the asylum. Is it the, mm-hmm. you know, is it yeah. the inmates running yeah. it? The inmates running the asylum right now. Take back the control. You miss control freak. Like, take back the control and be the the authoritarian parent who's teaching the limits of this. I mean, one more comment that I have is you're leaving, if you're finding underwear in her stomach, shame on you for leaving the underwear out. No, I'm not going to, no, but excuse me. It's not like, you know, hi, come into my home and have a seat in my living room and grab a pair of underpants on the floor. So where, where, does she go where into I the drawer? She's a little vance. Like she finds she her way opens into the drawer. And- Yes, she goes into the drawer. She no, I'm kidding. But <laughs> right. she, it's like when people say, like, well, aren't you keeping an eye on her? Aren't you picking like no? I'm I'm a left Hazel, free run. Go ahead, get sick today. Go grab, you know, but how is she getting the, the underwear? She just I don't know. She's a dog. She's finding her way in places that she shouldn't be. I really try my damnedest to not keep my eyes off of her. I do know our routine enough to know that if I'm like, Hazel, Hazel, and I don't hear her, obviously I'm not like, oh, well, I I, I jump up and I look around and I try to find her. And I am the first one to pry her mouth open to to grab whatever it is, whether it's Q-tips, whether it's cotton balls, whether it's, again, the hanky-panky underpants, whether, you know, socks, that's her, you know, favorite thing. I'll tell, we're going to end on this note and I'll tell you one thing and I cannot make this up. When I tell you I, I'm happy to pry her mouth open, she's scarred me up and bit me up and I'm now, you know, my hands are ironclad. I'm used to it. But I drew the line at this one hazelism that I was just like, dude, get sick. Like, I, I'm just, I, I I don't care. Okay. I take her out for a walk. Okay. Oh, and we're on the walk and a few yards up, I see what appears to be something on a scale of one to very disgusting. It was like beyond. Okay. It was okay. a 312 on the disgusting. Oh. I, I mean, I was vomiting in my mouth. Okay. <sighs> and I made a conscious decision that I said verbally to Hazel, Hazel, we're going to stay away from that, like get away. And when we backtrack on the walk, steer clear. Okay. We go on the walk and of course we're now on our way back. And again, take my eye off the prize for one goddamn second. Okay. Scale one, two, beyond disgusting. She now has the beyond disgusting in her mouth because I blinked. Okay. And she just darts right for it. And I looked at her and I looked at the beyond disgusting and I was like, you know what? I'm out. Uh, honestly, have at it. Get sick. This is above my pay grade. And I just, Rachel. I just don't care. What was it? Okay. We're unpolished here, folks. So oh, again, Jesus. you know, we're, we're not editing anything. It was okay. And it wasn't even mine. Okay. Oh, which God. It was a stranger's. Tampon yeah, like, or something? Uh-huh, but oh. a dirty tampon. It was like garbage oh. day. And you know how like I guess maybe other animals in the middle of the night kind of like scurry through and like there's shit all over. Oh, it was somebody's gosh. disgusting dirty oh. tampon. Okay, I would okay. out. I'd be out also. Out. I'm like, but, Hazel, die. But I, I don't even care. Get toxic st- shots in your home. <laughs> I don't think it works that way. But <laughs> Rage. So there are two sides of a street. Mm-hmm. You pre-saw it. Dr. Boga, I I, did, and I said, we are not going near that. That is beyond discussion. She's a dog. Well, she's a dog. Let me ask you this. Okay, doctor of all, (laughs) why do the dogs go for the most stenchy, disgusting, gross, like that's, that's what's appealing to them? Because dogs' strongest 
sense is their smell, Rach. So they use their nose to find their way home, mm-hmm. to figure out what, what territory is theirs, what's good, what's not good, what's yummy, what's not yummy, what might be food, what might be a predator, what might not be. So what that, might be a dirty stranger's tampon. But to them, that's like that's like a little boy or a little girl in, in uh, whatever. Is that like a Christmas meal? Yeah, this is like, oh my God, like I hit the jackpot here. This is like, this is something I've never smelled before. It's like, why do they go for underwear? Because of the smell in the underwear. That's why. Why do they go for shoes? Because of the smell of the shoes. They don't go for like the old t-shirt that you gave them that hasn't been worn in 20 years. Or how about the dog toy that I bought him or her That is so not exciting. It's like your little child, you spend the $100 on a cool toy and they want the box. Yeah. Right? It's the same thing. They're children. They're they're like, they're interested. They're devious. They're curious. I And I will tell you that as she gets older, she will outgrow some of this. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. until she's, until she outgrows it, and until she's older, we have to figure out a way for you to coexist in a way that she feels safe and she feels loved. And they love boundaries. They love knowing what the next thing is going to be. They love predictability, just like you do. And when you guys can get on the same page with this, with the help of medication or not, or with the help of a shock collar with only the the, the whatever, not mm-hmm. using the actual shock, like you may come to love this dog. Mm-hmm. Right, but dogs. And I are, do love her. I just want to love her more, and I draw and love the her line more. You'll at, enjoy at a stranger's her. dirty tampon. Yes. Kid, you're on your own. Yes, but she wouldn't have, have at it there. But I'm not even going near you. Right, but she wouldn't have gotten there if the adults in the room would have walked in the opposite direction. Okay, well, just saying. Just say, look, we all do it. We all, we all do it. My dog has done it. Not that, because I would have died and given her away. Like, would have yeah. passed out. Like, I have, a, I have a strong stomach. I, it is not that strong. But I look, I give you a lot of credit because I don't think I could have looked at my dog the same way. <laughs> I, well, I couldn't. I mean, talk about, I, I barely will pet her if she hasn't been groomed because yeah. she smelled oh. it outside. And oh. so that I, yeah. I was like, how do you wash a dog's mouth out with soap? Like, <laughs> what do I do here? Because this is just next level unpolished. She, and I just, did she eat the whole thing? I don't know because I just didn't even want to know <laughs> from the whole situation. And oh I was so skewed out that. I, I checked out. Um, I was just like you. I'm beyond mortified. I am. I'm all for gory, oh and gooey, dirty, and whatever. And I, I you know, can't. I, a guy's girl till the cows come home. But you're oh. gonna put your mouth in a dirty tampon that was in a stranger's oh. vagina. Oh. <laughs> I don't I'm need the so, detail. I'm sorry, but like I, I no. I, like, look, I agree. I would have been game. out. I would have been out also. But just to reiterate, yeah. Contain where she's at. Close the doors when you're wor- or, uh, when you're working or when you can't watch her. Keep her in a confined space. I mean, she's this tiny little thing. I mean, my dog's a thirty-five pounder. He can handle a little bit more space. He's you know yeah. can't be confined. She needs to when you can't watch her, just like a baby. Yeah. You gotta kind of keep her the limits around. Close the doors, yeah. you know. Then I she know. can't get the underwear. It's just so interesting too, and I'll end on this note. For someone like myself who is so literal in every component of my life, I really, really, it was the ignorance is bliss card. I guess yeah. with getting a dog and what it entails. 
and that it, it's a life sentence too, at least for the for the life of the dog. And I, I did it all went over my head. It never, none of it occurred to me. So we started this podcast by talking about choices and decisions and good and bad and whatever. And I am learning from it. it there is a learning curve. If I were to go back and do it again. I, I know we're not supposed to live with regret, so I don't want to use the word regret. Mm-hmm. I just want to remind myself, and I guess to the listeners out there, if you're dumb enough to do what I did, that maybe thinking it through a little bit more, not making a knee-jerk decision, even though I, I did put thought into it. I just didn't put the right thought, and I didn't really understand what I was getting into. I guess I thought it was a shiny penny, and now it costs a lot of quarters. Exactly. Realize. And, and I'm going to tell you two things, Rach. I'm going to call it right now. If you start to do the things that we just talked about, you will come back in here in six months and say, gosh, my life with Hazel has changed. But it's going to fall on you to do those types of mm-hmm. things and really implement it. The second thing is I'm going to totally reframe this in so many different ways. But what we learned and the good that came out of it and we I'm so unpolished. But the good that came out of it is you made the best choice to have a nanny. <laughs> with the well, with my kids. Yes. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> so anytime you doubt yourself, just remember that. Totally, totally. I am so unpolished. Well, I guess except for the fact, and I guess this is a story for another day, but I remember we had one nanny that we actually ended up having to fire. Her name was Beth. And, you know, again, nicknames and whatnot. And my my husband at the time and I, we used, we called her Beth the Hot Nanny. That was like her <laughs> whole name because she was like really smoking hot. And I was even like fine with it because like she was just like really pretty eye candy. Except when she left my kid on the changing table and I heard her say, you wait here, I'll be oh. right back. And then like the kid practically fell. We knew that like, you know what? Even parenting 101, like, I know you're hot and you're really cute and all that, but like, you're fired. So it is a good thing that I had a nanny then, a different nanny. And could you imagine if, like, if I had a (laughs) shitty nanny for Hazel? And by the way, that story is not so different than that. Hey, Hazel, we're not going to go near the tampon, okay? Like, so just, you know, give Beth a break. You know, there you go. I know. Well, I'm not putting on my resume, dog nanny, dog whisperer, <laughs> any of that. I'm really just trying to get by day by day. And right you now, are doing yes, okay. you're doing ding okay. dong. Hazel is not yet gone. So I guess <laughs> and she's a good thing. And she's not going to be gone. I All right. But check you. in with me on it and help me through in the non-therapy therapy, because I do want to use your tools if it applies to people. And now this little dog of mine is supposed to be one of the people in in my household now, and I have to treat it as such, I will take any of the advice uh, that you have to offer. So I thank you for that. Of course. And thank you for sharing the unpolished story of Hazel, because look, it's not for the weak. This is real stuff. Parenting is real stuff. Doggy parenting is real stuff. And I empathize with it. And even though we laughed about it, it's it's a lot. It is a lot. But I promise you that if you start to put some of these things into, you know, into uh, practice, you will see a different Hazel. Right, right. All right. Well, on that note, I guess we should sign off so I can go walk the dog, <laughs> right? Keep her away from dirty tampons. Exactly. If you guys out there have any fun dog stories or if you have any advice on how you handled your new puppies, we always want to hear it. You can email us at unpolishedtherapy at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Unpolished Therapy. You can DM us there too and let us know if you want to, you know, if you are a dog whisperer or if you've, you know, had any success stories 
or even failures that you are willing to come on and share with us. We always love to hear those stories. So shout out and let us know. And in the meantime, this has been a great episode. Dr. Boca, thanks for hanging out with me on the corner of Audacity and Advice. Uh, I know my wheels got spun upside down (laughs) and yours did too. I can tell by the tampon story. (laughs) Oh gosh, stop. (laughs) Yes. So well, guys, you know, we want you to have a great week and we'll see you next week when our wheels and yours get spun upside down. Have a good one, everyone. Great sesh, girls. Hey, everyone, like what you heard? Then don't miss out on what comes next. Subscribe now and please give the girls a five-star rating. Learn more at www.unpolishedtherapy.com. Find and like them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next week when Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca ditch the couch, grab the mic, and break down all the wreckage. <laughs>